You're listening to Chameleon Church. Biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. Morning, Chameleon Church Show for Tuesday, August seventeenth. I can't believe we're already in the middle of August. Oh man, it's like like touring. Like I've mentioned before, touring. You leave in you know March, and you come back, and it's like October, and you're like, "What happened to my year?" And you spent it everywhere but home, which is why I'm such a homebody at this age because I've spent the majority of my life out there. I like being at home. I like home. Speaking of home, what time is it on Earth? I gotta figure out what where that what movie that's from. It's a soundbite. What time is it? What time is it? What time is what time is it on Earth? I gotta remember what movie that is. I gotta find that soundbite. I like that soundbite. It's not Monday. It's Tuesday. My name's Alan Aguirre, coming to you live and direct from the Wasatch Back. Our co-host, Pastor Leonard Parada, from behind the redwood curtain. There you go. So we're both behind curtains. Why are we so afraid? Why don't we come out from behind the curtain? We need to. Yeah. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. Tuesday morning. I'm in the middle of my first cup of coffee. Yep, yep, yep. A lot of interesting things going on today. I heard that uh, Biden was a little surprised by the fall of Afghanistan so quickly after our getting out. It was faster than we thought. So then they... They already, so they knew this was going one they knew this was going to happen come on one not only did they know it was going to happen uh they knew it was going to happen they're just they're just surprised that it happened so quickly which means the Taliban already knew they were prepped and primed and ready to go they knew they had already been alerted yep you know what my, you know what fascinates me about government and politics how stupid they think the majority of us are and then they really don't like those of us that just aren't. Yeah, no, they don't. You know, it's a, you know, authority doesn't like people with with a clue. I remember one time, summer of '83, I was working with my uncle. He had a vinyl and leather repair shop in Bellflower, and I'm a punk rocker guy. I'm, you know, I'm starting Scattered Few. I'm 19, and I was praying. It's around one in the morning, and I'm like walking up and down the, the street. He lived in Bellflower, so I'm walking up and down the street in front of his apartment building praying and these cops drive drove by and i saw them drive by and then i saw them turn off their lights spin a yui and come down at me and like literally zoomed in into the parking lot you know right there next to me and i just stood there totally unfazed and they come running they, they both busted out of their their car you know big these big guys um, and i'm just yeah, how's it going <laughs> and they're like yeah i'm like nah man i'm just i'm just praying what do you oh yeah what are you praying about they, they started you know Oh, well, I'm, I'm praying about my band. I'm praying about this girl I think I like. I'm praying about this and that and the other. And well, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, no, I'm from Burbank, man. I'm not from around here. I'm from Burbank. What are you doing here? I mean, you know what I'm saying? And so they, they, they're kind of like giving me a hard time. And I meant, dude, I saw you guys pass up. I saw you guys drive by, turn off your lights, and whip, whip a Yui. And that pissed them off because you know, I'm like, I'm like, I, it's. You're not as bright as you want to believe that you are, and I'm not as dumb as you want me to think that I am. You know, I don't like yeah. that. So, yeah. So, and it reminds me of uh, another thing about um, 
you know, churches like that too. Church, churches like that all the time. So I, I, it reminds me of a, another thing about a, a church. The last church I was at in Dallas, they had concluded or come to the conclusion that they want to sell the church. And one of the pastors comes up to me and goes, ah, hey, uh, be in prayer. We think we might have found a buyer. Oh, and then I, I go, oh, you mean Robert Morris? And they're like, oh. How did you know? I'm like, why do you think I'm so stupid? One, why, why do you think I'm stupid? That uh, they were like, who told you? They were all like, like look, they're looking around like they're, they had some guy, you know, behind their back. I'm like, why, one, why do you think I'm so stupid? This guy, Robert Morris, has wanted your church from the very beginning. And uh, now if he's going to have an opportunity to, to get it, because you guys are, you know, need to whatever. But, it, but it's just amazing to me. How stupid authority thinks, you know, again, they love unarmed peasants, right? Because they're easier to control. I think it's silly how they think we're stupid that we don't understand what's going on, what they're doing, why they're doing it. Oh, we're so surprised that Afghanistan fell so quickly to the Taliban. Really? Then you're, then you're a bigger idiot than we already know that you are. You know what? Their own media, though, is exposing them. Uh, I guarantee yeah. you, CNN and them, they were even posting it on some other uh, platforms. They were showing more graphic vide- uh, uh, yeah. videos of what was happening in Afghanistan than Fox News. Yeah. They, you know, it was really sad what they were showing, but. Yeah. Um, and you know what? It's You know what's happening behind the Redwood Curtain here? All the libs who are so excited that they got their way, their teeth teeth are starting to chatter because what they're seeing is just total destruction on their side. So now they're picking, this is how they're picking on people. They're going, oh, your garden is not compliant. You're ruining the earth. I mean, stupid things like that. You should replace your grass with rocks. And it's getting so annoying that these moderators on these little local chats, they're going, what's going on here? And it's all the libs because what, who can they lash out at? There's no Trump to lash out at. Yeah. Well, they so they're picking on the, their own environment and yeah. they're, they're frustrated. There's like a something burning up inside of them right now. You ought to see it. It's really Karen, obvious. Karen's got to have someone to pick on. Yeah. So, so, but what we're also seeing is there's a, you know, there's also liberals or Democrats, whatever you want to call them, uh, not too happy about what's going on with this Afghanistan thing either. So that's all that's, so, you know, they, they, so they're going to turn on themselves and stuff. But uh, my wife just poked her head in to let me know that the modern day missionary that we prayed for last night that was stuck in Afghanistan has gotten out. Good. That's a good thing. Great. great. That's a that's a very good thing. I don't know if you remember Joni Lynch. Bill passed away about a year and a half ago. I mean, when I first went to Burbank, I left him the Park City Church. And uh, he's one of those true apostles. From there, when we were, um, he's the one we were in Paul Kane's meeting, prophesied. He went to Moscow, planted two churches, went to Kharkov, Ukraine, church of 2,000 plus five homes for kids. And then he... Later on in his life, he went to Afghanistan, and he oh, wow. was he was wanted there. And his son-in-law Max started a, a um, oh, what's that kind of bodybuilding thing? Uh, CrossFit for evangelism, and they reached 
literally hundreds of people in miracles constantly. Well, he passed away a year and a half ago, right? His son, Max, just moved back to Summit Park. He's looking for a place in Hebrew. Him and Annie and their five kids, their village that they were a part of for like six years fell. Uh-huh. And she says her friends are just being slaughtered. Yeah. And uh, it's sad. Max and Annie got out just in time. I mean, I knew these kids when they were tiny. And uh, so what they did in Afghanistan won't be forgotten. And the work of the Lord was there, but they're just overtaking them. Yeah. It's interesting. I learned some things too. You know, the reason Afghanistan is so radical is because it has so many, not just different ethnic groups. The Huns came from there, the Parthians, all these, you know, they were part of Iran, but they were also, they had the Buddhist influence, they had the Greek influence, and they were all over the map. Right. The Afghanis. So, well, you know, the communists, Russia warned us. It's like, look, we got our butts kicked. We can't, no yeah. one can, no one can do this. No one has been able to do this. The Huns were unbelievable warriors. Yeah. That's bottom line. And we were like, oh, you know, 20 years ago, oh, we can do this. Uh, I don't think so. It's a mess. It's just a mess. You know, it's a mess. And, and, and you can't do what we did and then leave the way we did and leave everyone exposed like that. Right. That's just, that's just, that just sucks. Well, now they got more troops back in there than they did before. And that's going to just pose a different problem too. What are they going to do? Sitting 7,000 guys just sitting on a. Yeah. Well, it's, it really is an issue no matter what. Big time. However, you watch in the next couple months how Turkey's going to step in. Just, oh, I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Because they're going to want to smooth it out. Just well, like saying. I, there's things yeah. coming. Dude. Well, like I said last night, what if the tribulation is just over in that region? With those people in that area where it all, because that's the epicenter, not the U.S., not England, not, not Europe. What if that was the? What if the, the tribulation is isolated, isolated to that region? It is. It, there are going to be ripple effects, and it will affect us here. But you know. yeah, but the Bible clearly states that it's all mid east centric. Yeah. Same thing with the Antichrist. Yeah, he's going to have far reaching things, but the old things of the movies they used to make uh, untie, untie. I remember that's. <laughs> Yeah. Just we just hoping that we're not going to be a goat nation. That's just the problem. I know. That's that's what we got to pray for. Yeah. And I do believe then be, the Trump. Well, you know, we should have we should have we should have make a goat move a few months ago, man. We made yeah. the biggest goat move I've ever seen in, yeah. in my life. That was the biggest goat move I've seen. That's just. I think we're getting and we're getting spanked and we're going to get spanked. How much is we're your gas? How much does it cost to fill up your gas tank this this week? Okay. Well, guess what? It might have had to happen for yeah. the Trump era to come back in to save us as a sheep nation. Yeah. Well, but God bless gonna... God bless the people that were at Sturgis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, you, I don't know if you're hearing. I don't know if you're hearing your horse. What? Did you see the governor riding your horse with the flag down the street? No. Yeah. No. I'll, I don't know if you guys can hear any weird background noises. There's this guy in my studio. He just a friend of mine. Trying not to go too crazy. He uh, he just got back from Sturgis, and so he was there. And uh, there, there's some there. I find it absolutely fascinating that that demographic is 
pro-Trump, anti-Biden. and uh, Hugely so. Pro-military, pro-cops. I was shocked. I think it's amazing. I think it's and awesome. It anti-vax. Yeah, all that stuff. We can't. We can't. Your, we can't talk about that. Anywhere. Yeah, we can't talk. Well, we can talk. Well, no, we really can't. We, we there's three you subjects. Yeah, there, well, there's three subjects we don't talk about because the, it it gets in the uh, the the YouTube oh, algorithm. Yeah. yeah. So, but hey, um, good morning. Thanks. Thanks for watching. Be sure to like. Be sure to subscribe. Be sure to follow. Be sure to comment. Be sure to share. So what's up? What's up in your world, Lenny? We got I got 30 minutes for you to tell us whatever you want. Uh, there's just been a lot of thoughts. I you, you started provoking me when you said it's going to be um, Middle East centric, and it is. I mean, just read the Bible. Uh, one teacher says you shout what the Bible shouts, you whisper when it whispers, and you're silent when it doesn't say anything. Yeah. And we're supposed to read it for what it says. The reason is Brad Scott always said this. It was meant so that children could understand it. Yeah. And we messed it up. Uh, and we think, what did he call them? Pointy headed theologians. He goes, just, it just, he just, he was brutal when it came to that. He goes, man, this is supposed to be understood. And so when you're reading all about the campaigns that are going on around Israel and the Mideast and the Antichrist, Mm -hmm. The time of uh, the 70th week of Daniel, which I have a feeling just might be happening during the Shemitah year. That's another sermon for another time, the beginning of it. But the reality is, is that um, it's very clearly stated of the campaign that's going around the Middle East by the nations that are listed. And what is happening? And the rest of the world's already been devastated they got to realize by economy by the first four uh, um, uh, seals have mankind destroying mankind the seals after that it's god then bringing his judgment but the first four is the brutality and the sinfulness of man that he's letting him go rampant with i mean this is a a, a really quick overview but already at that time most of the world is going to be depleted of its ability to have any influence. And the main influence is going to be because it's in the Middle East. And that is going to be preserved because God loves Israel, but he's going to spank him. It's, and he's going to, and this guy is going to, you know, he's going to have his course, but boy, that last three and a half years, he's going to, um, it's going to be nasty for them in the Middle East. Yeah, I think of if God's handpicked father of the faith, Abram, who, so if you read Jubilees, Jubilees suggests that Abram had quite a messianic type of birth and that he was raised by Noah and Shem in their desert discipleship training program. And that's how this guy out of nowhere whose father's an idol maker. So that's, how, that's how this guy that comes out of Kuwait out of nowhere can hear the voice of God and know it's God. And how does, how does he know about God? He was part of the but, EI2S. Yeah, there you go. He yeah. was the EI2S in their day. Yeah. So if that's the, if that's, oh, the, oh E2IS, yeah. If, so if that's, I mean, so if Abram is raised by Noah and Shem in the desert at a discipleship training program, 
that's how he knows about God. But my point being, if this man who God handpicks to be the father of his race, God's race, right? Because there's a, the DNA marker. It's spiritual. It's created by two goyim, by two Gentiles. Yeah. Many nations, man. If that's the case, then... And, and, and he's being... And when the covenant's being when the covenant is being made, he's put it he's put into darkness and he's afraid. The thought of darkness and fear while this covenant is being made is is like wow. Then I think about that next thing where it's it's a it's a horrible thing to fall into the, the hands of a living God, you know. Yep. It's like it's not this warm, fuzzy thing people have are you know, have created out of this thing. He's coming back to set things right. And it's he is not only cleansing, but he's taking back, and the kingdom's going to be ripped. This world will become, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdoms of our God. Right now, they're not. Right. That's the big thing. When you, when you really start to, I really highly suggest people get Joel Richardson's book, From Sinai to uh, uh, Jerusalem. I think that's the name of it. I can't remember. I'm getting old. But um, he really outlines during that when the Feast of Trumpets happens and there is that um, discrepancy that you see in Daniel, the 35 days and the 45 days. He really makes it clear from Scripture in Ezekiel where it's Yeshua coming back, right marching from Sinai all the way into Jerusalem and uh, getting his enemies destroying his enemies and liberating Jerusalem. And it takes time. It's not going to just happen. He just lands and it just everything, just one big cloud. It's going to be devastating. That's why it's going to be bloody. And yet that's when he not only rescues the people, but he also uh, um, liberates many, many people. And you're going to see the sheep nations at that time join with them. There's a obscure scripture in Isaiah where it says, Seven nations that can fly like the eagle will be with him. And, you know, you can, you know, put your opinion down there. And some people put their hope in that. Oh, it's an eagle. It's the United States. Ah, we don't know. But oh, in my heart, I'm going, man, I sure hope that we're one of those sheep nations that were with him when he runs ripshod over the enemies and over the Antichrist. Yeah. I mean. I love this country, you know. Uh, I've lived abroad. I've lived in, 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 I lived in Nicaragua. I was there for the third anniversary of the re of their revolution. That's a, you know, their fake socialist communist country. I've lived in the third world. I love this country. This is like, you know, I don't wish anything bad or negative on this country. Uh, I would, you can call me a patriot, patriot, a nationalist, whatever, you, whatever. Whatever trigger word you you've you know want to use, you can you can you know, but I don't want to see this country fall. No. I don't want to see. I want to see this country redeemed. I, I I don't I have I don't have any false aspirations that the U.S. is going to be redeemed to the you know. I mean, it's not a, a replacement for Jerusalem. It's not yeah. a replacement for Israel, as so many believe. He you loves the I mean? nations, and we're supposed to love our nation. Yeah, definitely. Well, see that, but see that's the that's the liberal slant in the Christian left. The 
that God is not interested in nation states. My kingdom is none of this world. Oh, okay, so you're going to take that little verse. Yeah, exactly. That Jesus told Pontius Pilate for that exact moment in time and 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 ignore everything else that the the Bible says about nations and God and and the, the revelation of John and Daniel. You know, more power to you, but you're going to be you're going to be you're screwed. You're going to be screwed because that's not how it's going to work out. You know, that's the first rule of uh, making false doctrine. You said it. A text out of text context is a pretext. That's what causes false doctrine. Exactly what you just said. And it's and it's and it's bizarre because how do you take that and determine that and come to that determination? Right. You know, I mean. They obviously like you know. Well, I mean, I look at it this way: if the Catholics can't count to three, and they didn't know that the first day of the Feast of Eleven Bread was a high Sabbath, <clears throat> uh, I'm not, I'm not putting a lot of weight in Protestants. Um, but they, uh, they, they obviously don't know what what it says about the second coming of Messiah is him coming down to liberate or to 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 uh, help defend Israel from her physical worldly enemies. You know, it's just. Yes. I've been around Christians long enough to know that they're just not that bright when it comes to the things of God or the Bible. And, and I, you know, I'm so tired of hearing myself rag on Christians. I really am. The two-minute warning, it's just me always ragging on Christians. But it's there's so much to rag on. I got content for, for for months, but I'm so tired of ragging on Christians, I, and I'm trying to figure out. Well, how do I? The two minute warning, you know. So there's there's your that's the title. It's a warning. I'm warning you. Um, but I'm so tired of ragging on Christians. But it's like every time I turn around, they are saying or doing something that is just idiotic. You know, it's just like, what are you thinking? Why? Why are you thinking like that? Why do you? Why are you allowing that to happen? To why are you doing that? Why are you saying that? Why aren't you over here doing this over here? Why are you always over here? Yeah, it but sounds that, like Jeremiah. Oh, I know, right? But the, and then and see and see, there's that thing that I, that that Jewish guy saying that only ten percent of Israel. He goes, mm -hmm. he's basically saying that ten percent only that only ten percent of, of Jews can make the psychological transition from. Men, uh, slavery mentality to redemptive state. Yes, based on the numbers of who went into Israel and who didn't, right? Um, and 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 this, and this rabbinical tribune of 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 Hasidic Hasim didn't debate, nor did they question those that percentage, right? And that and they would love to, man. They, those guys are looking for a any any error in what you're thinking, or in you know, so they can come and jump on you. They did not. So I'm going to go with, let's say, okay, let's say 10%. Well, it doesn't matter what that percentage is. We know it's low. These are the people that killed the prophets. These are the people that killed Messiah. How much smaller is that Gentile percentage? And we've done exactly what Paul told us not to do. We think we, we run the show. We think it's about us. We think it's about where we are and who we are. And, and we think it's about our Gentile-fied Messiah who's eating a ham sandwich and we don't understand why uh, Jews don't want to get saved. And if we follow that trail a little bit farther, we turn we we it, it turns into anti-Semitism. Are, are you talking about their jealousy? What provokes them to jealousy? What provoke Jews to jealousy unto salvation? Yeah. How do you provoke them into 
salvation if you know nothing about them? Because there's because again, Christians don't know about the Torah. They don't know what there's that great scene that I mentioned in the chosen where they're where the disciples are sitting around the fire and they're talking about Torah, they're talking about rabbinical customs, they're talking about traditions, and Christians watching have no idea what they're the majority of Christians watching that have no idea what they're talking about. And they because they don't know the difference between what is rabbinical tradition, what is Babylonian tradition versus the actual word of God. They literally don't know the difference. So that they they were lost. For example, when Fight Club came out, all of Middle America, besides the East and West Coast, all of Middle America, they didn't have Ikeas. Unless you lived on the West Coast or the East Coast, you had no idea what an Ikea was. The whole premise of Fight Club is about Ikea. So the vast majority of people that saw Fight Club when it came out had no idea what triggered the uh, Ed Norton character to turn into the Brad Pitt character to the whole premise of the movie. They have no idea what's going on because they don't know what an Ikea is. And it wouldn't be it would be years before middle America would get an Ikea. Remember, Brad Pitt called him Ikea boy. He's walking through his apartment like an Ikea catalog. They didn't know what an Ikea was if you didn't live in L.A., if you, know, in, you know, the West Coast or in, in New York. In the same way that if you don't know the difference between, see, and they don't. Jesus broke the Sabbath. See, they think that he was breaking the Sabbath because the Pharisees said he was breaking the Sabbath because they don't know. See, they have, they're totally clueless. And I've heard Christians say, Jesus broke the Sabbath because he was doing away with the law and he was showing us that he was doing away with the law by breaking the Sabbath. And I'm like, you're a redundant idiot. You have absolutely no idea what you just said. Why do you think Jesus broke the Sabbath? Well, because it says right there he was breaking the Sabbath. Oh, my God. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> Did you type in spoiler alert as Chameleon Church? No. Who is logged on as Chameleon Church that wrote spoiler alert? I haven't typed anything. Is there somebody that says spoiler alert? I am not logged in. I am not typing as Chameleon Church on Facebook. Who is? Well, maybe when Seth oh, Rain was okay. on board I, I, from I, earlier. Seth Rain. Yeah. Right? I mean, because they don't know the difference between... What well, you know, truth, what scripture, because they don't know what the scripture means. They read the Bible and they go, Oh, well, the Pharisees say right here that uh, uh, that Jesus was breaking the Sabbath when he healed, that you can't heal on the Sabbath. They believe that because they don't know. You they know, don't know. It's like a uh, light in the eyes of a deer, man, when you tell a Christian about Torah being a marriage covenant, yeah, marriage contract, when they're sitting around that campfire loving Torah and Yeshua is looking at his bride mm -hmm. and what that means. Those are the virgins that are hanging on to every word and being filled with the Holy spirit at that time. Yeah. And they have no clue. They have yeah. no and, understanding. Yeah. And, I, and I'm just, I'm just tired of hearing myself rag on Christians, but it's like, what do I, how do I encourage them? So I encourage them to, Walk in faith, walk in da, 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 alignment, and da, da, the Holy Spirit. 
But then if I go down that trail, eventually I get to some like, how do you not know this? <laughs> Isn't that the exhaustion of a prophet? Oh my God, I think so. Yeah, you think about all most of the prophets that we read in scripture, they were talking locally to their countryside, to their and to the nation of Israel, but to their own people in their own locale too. Yeah. And they were exhausted. Just, they were exhausted yeah. because nobody would listen. I was just looking. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah, Tim. See, I agree with Tim. It's a two-minute warning. It's true. I it's true, but it's like it's not like a it's not a two-minute encouragement. It's not a two-minute, you're doing great, people. Keep it up. No, because you're dying. Uh, let me grab it because we're in the middle of working. Again, we're, we're so busy trying to get these, these revised books out for this influx of people uh, from Rude Awakening. We're going to be live on, and you'll see uh, the promo for that in a few minutes. Let me go grab that because I want to read something out of that. Let me remind everyone about false prophets, too, because when Jesus says, many will come, in that day and say they're Christ. Again, he wasn't talking about um, cultish um, JWs or anything like that. He was talking literally about people who say, you know what? I know Christ. I know. And he's saying, and if you read the rest of it, there's the uh, um, connection to the fact that these are the same people that are lawless and they're teaching people lawless ways. That's Torahless ways because people don't understand the scriptures. They don't understand the context of it. They always miss it. False prophets are going to be looking exactly like your everyday going to church Christian. That's what's scary. I'm having a massive deja vu. Uh, yeah. Um, you were talking about the, the frustration of a prophet. Jeremiah 7, 22 through 26. It's, um, Week two of the Exodus and Gathering, the first field manual. For in, the, for in the day that I brought them, Israel, out of the land of Egypt, I did not speak to your fathers or command them concerning burnt offerings and sacrifices. But this command I gave them, obey my voice, and I will be your God and you shall be my people. And walk in all the way that I command you, that it may be well with you. But they did not obey or incline their ear, but walked in their own counsels and the stubbornness of their evil hearts, and went backward and not forward. From the day that your fathers came out of the land of Egypt to this day, Jeremiah's day, that's a long time, I have persistently sent all my servants, the prophets, to them, day after day, yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear, but stiffened their neck. They did worse than their fathers. So when you read the highlights, it says, I did not speak or command them. This command I gave, obey my voice, walk in all the way that I command you. But they did not obey or incline their ear. I have persistently sent prophets to them, yet they did not listen to me or incline their ear. Over and over and over and over and over. I mean, I, I'm, I don't want to obviously uncover anybody, but I, you know, I do, I do counseling. I get, you know, people phone me, people call me, people text me. You know, this is what I do. I, I'm not saying that begrudgingly. I'm not saying that because I don't. You know, is it is that the word begrudgingly? I'm just no. I'm just saying this is what I do, and it's and it's just weird to me how 
I don't know. Think common sense is the key to a lot of things in life. I mean, I'm not just talking spirituality. I'm just talking basic stuff. You know, a band. If you're a band and you're not out there hustling, if you're actually sitting around in your living room waiting for somebody to give you a deal, I don't know what it is. I don't know who told you that's how this works because it doesn't work that way. It's like little kid. That's not fair. Who told you? Who told you about this fair thing that you keep <laughs> clamoring about? We didn't teach you that life was fair. We never told you that life was fair. We never told you that it's you know we're we're not socialists. Everybody doesn't get the same thing at the same time. You know, we never told you that. Where did you get this concept that that's not fair? Um, I think there's a lot of common sense involved with anything in life. You're gonna whatever it is that you're doing. But after years of after years of counseling, I call that the tree and the devil. They're just going around the same tree, and everybody else wanted to blame it on the devil and start to do inner healing. Uh, not to, and I'm not bashing inner healing, and I'm not bashing deliverance. But they looked for other things to uh, deal with it. And you know what? All it did was prolong their issue of dealing with their sin. And uh, sometimes it is a demon. Sometimes you have to go back in. But most of the time, just from my experience, they just wanted to go around the tree one more time. And they did not want to deal with their sin. Just thought. Yikes. I, I agree. Sin disease. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's unfortunate. I did love that album. Yeah. Well, thanks. <laughs> thanks. I didn't listen to a lot of them, but just because I'm from the Beach Boy era, but that was a good album. Yeah. You're not the demographic, Lenny. <sighs> yeah, I know. I look at Josh, Laurie, and all these guys, what they're posting on there. I go, man, I don't have a clue what, or what Trimmer posts. I, got. <laughs> I don't know what these guys are talking about. <laughs> That's funny. What about the rascals? Oh, sorry. Oh my gosh. The rascals. I know. That dates me. Yeah. And, and and it's just sad to know that there's this there literally is a common thread with with humanity throughout. And it, and it's and it transcends race and time. And that's our core lack of desire to uh to heed the father to do to have anything to do with obedience in the holy spirit towards father god i mean look what we just read out of jeremiah yeah and, and, you know what did he tell jeremiah at the very beginning of his of his of his prophetic career i'm sending you to the to a hard people but don't be afraid of their faces that's <laughs> right wow that's that's a rough crowd yeah yeah, because they're going to want to kill you. Because they're, they're, here's the thing about Israel. If I've learned anything about Israel in the last four or five years that I've been in the, you know, studying and writing and teaching about the Torah and that, the, the, the reason why God is so infuriated with them is because they are so arrogant in their rebellion. They're so arrogant in their disobedience. They're so arrogant in their lack of cooperation and obedience. That's why he calls them stiff neck. And he calls them rabble, you know. Is this, are, you getting, are, you, are you crushing potato chips over there? No, I was turning pages. <laughs> that's a good mic. Oh, that's, super that's a really good mic. Yeah, you told me to get this one. So. Oh, I told you to get that mic? Yeah. See what happens when you listen to me and you obey? I obeyed. <laughs> Where did he get it? 
<laughs> I forgot what kind of mic it is. I think it's a Behringer for sure. Uh, I can't see the name. That's a good mic. It was picking up those pages like really crispy, clear. Yeah. So it's it's just man, it's just so it's it's exhausting and and it's, it's frustrating because it's like why are you what is the disconnect when it comes to you know well like listen, I like listen I to this about jeremiah this day i've set you over the nations this is chapter one and over the kingdoms to root out to pull down to destroy to throw down and to build and to plant he's a busy man yeah can you repeat that again See, I have set this day, oh, I have set you over the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, and to throw down, to build and to plant. So you're just throwing down, baby. That's what you're doing. In our, in our language of the day, that's what that warning is. And you know what? It, that is going to be the warning that leads right up to the mescaline when that happens. Believe me. The two witnesses, oh my gosh, they come, magnify that by a thousand percent. And they're speaking directly to the beast. And uh, I mean, I believe there's a buildup now, and it has to happen right at the beginning of uh, the 70th week of Daniel. You're one of them. So. You're throwing down, and the church needs to hear that. There's nobody out there. Who's out there throwing down? There's there's some brethren out there, but let's face it, on a, on a national level, I mean, uh, and uh, uh, local levels, but not too many because they want to be accepted and loved. Yeah. So that's that, that's that little uh, Holy Spirit moment I had on uh, two-minute warning yesterday morning. I'm like, oh, we're preparing for an influx of in-gathering during Sukkot. Hmm. I mean, not Shavuot, Sukkot, Sukkot uh, yeah. Yeah, which is highly prophetic. And it's basically the whole premise of Exodus in gathering field manual. You know what I mean? Hmm. So, um, yeah, interesting stuff. Let me explain to you the mescaline because it's exactly what's happening. Because in Daniel 11 and 12, it talks about the angel specifically said at the end there are going to be those with wisdom to unlock these mysteries and yeah they're prophetic in our modern day vernacular but the reality is is they're given special wisdom to wake up the people to what's really going on and to point them front to the scriptures of what's going to happen so that they can navigate Okay, so when you say what ancient is com what is coming is ancient, when the Lord gave you that word, I'm going, huh. And that was at the time when I was uh, in a lot of those studies. I'm going, well, you know what? It seems to me that the body needs to be discipled. Isn't that what the mescaline does? Aren't they rooting up, pulling down? Aren't they telling them what they need to hear to be able to navigate what's coming so that in that day, rather than cursing the living God, they're going to rejoice. How are they going to rejoice when they see him flip a switch and a quarter of the population of this planet is gone? And they're going to say, you're just and true. Righteous are your ways, O God. 
Really? Can you imagine the church saying that? Oh, no, the devil's doing this. And it's the mescaline. They are, they're set apart for the end of the age. They are set apart to be a prophetic instructors for the, the end of the age. And um, I believe that network is starting right now. There's some that are called to be the voice. There are some to call to network those people together. They're, they're, uh, and it's going to kick higher and higher and higher into gear. So get ready for exhaustion, but oh my gosh, they're the they're they're unraveling those mysteries and they're going to bring the joy of the kingdom coming, but they're also going to bring the fear of the Lord. So it reminds me of the sons of Issachar. Yes. Sons of Issachar, that tribe were almost, they were like the seers, right? I mean, it was on, they had the ability to see, things before they happened see into the spirit realm see into the future they sided with david before it was kosher to side with david um little things like that um the sons of Issachar were the ones that were looking into the the skies and because see that's where that that freaks out christians they don't understand genesis that god created the heavens and the stars and the sky and all that stuff for signs and for times we're supposed to be looking at the sky um we've been told we're not supposed to look at the sky well that's why you won't know when jesus is coming because you're not looking at the in the right places um anyway so the sons of issachar were the ones that knew ahead of time what the what the people of Israel should be doing. Um, yeah, that's that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of the sons of Issachar. Huh. Hmm. Well, Lenny, we got a uh, twenty-five more minutes to burn. Not sure what we're gonna talk about. Well, we've been talking a lot about just the seasons that we're in. Not a light thing. And, uh, um, no, it's not. You know, with the holy, high holy days coming, it's really going to be an opportunity, I think, to uh, really hear from the Lord. I really do, especially this year. Just the our preparation on our part to m start to move in humility now so that when he comes, that our hearts would be ready to hear what he has to say. Because that's what these 40 days of repentance are, you know. I have a hard time fighting not to uh, rag on my brethren, you know, and, and just go, Lord, if something pops up in my heart from old days, I go, you know what? I need to really pray and go through that forgiveness and love and release it so I can be prepared to meet you. So, and literally some things have been popping up too, and he's testing me. 
And this, uh, this, these fall feasts enter in the Shemitah year. Yes, they do. Oh man! Oh my god! Better go eat all the salad you can now at your restaurants. Because <laughs> come October, you're not going to be able to. You won't be able to eat vegetables in restaurants. Anyway, it's hard to eat with that mask on. It's really weird trying to put the food. <laughs> Double mask. For some teachers. Uh-oh. Oh, and we got the recall coming up in a few days here in, in California. I really hope that goes through. Larry Elder's running for governor, so. It's amazing the amount of things that have happened in the U.S. in the last year and a half that we never thought would ever happen here. And it happened pretty quickly. <laughs> and a lot of it was endorsed and supported by our government or factions of our government. That's the weirdest thing. It's like Seattle and Portland. They're not being renounced or denounced by the Democrats. Isn't that the weirdest thing? <laughs> I think that's the weirdest thing. And then when Trump went in there to clean it up, they bragged on him for rough housing domestic terrorists. <laughs> it's like the weirdest thing. Oh, man. Talk about an upside down thing. Yeah. Texas Red, I think he's thinking I'm talking about mescaline. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it has an M on the end. Not a yeah, no, he's referring to uh, my comment about Christians being told not to look in the sky. Oh, okay. <sighs> look at this. Yeah, we're sorry, Victoria. Yeah. Lord bless her. I'll pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. <laughs> oh, jeez. So how are the fish biting out there right now? Oh, it was slow yesterday, but it's my job to uh, get them on fish regardless. You still smoky out there? A lot of smoke? Yeah. it's It was worse last week, but yeah, it's still smoky. I can't even imagine just the mountains burning up out there, right? Well, most of the fires were coming from California. Yeah. Uh, this is the first fire. I think this is the first main, well, this is the first closest fire we've had. Um, apparently, some car was pulled over on the side of Parley's and a catalytic, catalytic converter sparked it or whatever. I don't know, man. I wasn't here. I was camping. Where'd you guys go? So apparently, <clears throat> Christina did a search for any campsite that's available that's open because everything's, you know, Booked so up. crazy. And this one spot for one night popped up. <laughs> so she's like, I'll take it. And um, it was in, uh, it was interesting. It was over there off the 70, the Fremont, uh, Wilden, uh, whatever, the Fremont. 
that's that. Yeah, so it's right off the seventy. It's like a, it's a Fremont petroglyph. It's like a, it's like the largest Fremont people place, you know, or the largest place yeah. they have found where the Fremonts lived. The petroglyphs were were a joke. It's nothing like Vernal, but uh, but it was weird because we were like the, the campground's like in a canyon where these people lived. So that was interesting, and Clear Creek is right across the high, the, the road within walking distance and there's a lot of cutties a lot of cutthroat yeah corn actually went out there and caught some i i didn't go with him i kind of hung out with the family um but hey, dina's asking if we can talk about how one prepares for the coming new year the shemitah there you go alan <sighs> that's for my this is for my wife my wife and daughter, Safreen, where are you? Um, they, 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 they can probably speak to this. I'll be right down. Um, well, so we buy a cow. So here's what we do with the because see, right? Is it, okay. Dina Safreen's here. Dina's asking about the best way to prepare for the Shemitah year. So I was thinking maybe you could help. Do you want to come on on the show? Can you? Oh, no, you're working from home, huh? Um, well, so one of the ways we prepare is so cows eat vegetation, and so anything so anything that's coming out of the ground for the next year is um, yeah. We should probably do that, right? We need a mom daughter. So you can you can come on to the show right now. Okay, hold on one second. Let me invite you then. I'm sending you a message on Facebook Messenger, Saf. Hold on one second. Cool. This will be awesome because her and my wife, they take care of this. And and Alyssa, the, oh, the girls, we let the girls. Do it. I'm not trying to be weird, but that's just the way it works. It's easier for me. Uh, where's my daughter? There's my daughter. There's that. And then there's the link. Bum, bum, bum. There's the link, Saf. I just sent it to you. And um, so, like, so for example, one of the things we do is we buy a cow, a whole cow, and that'll last us for quite a while, because we have to give the land rest. So the land, the rest, the land's going to rest for the next year, and then after that, we have. Um, it's what happens in, during that year. There's a rollover period, and so we have to. Yeah. Can you explain it better than that, Safran? Hi, Safran. How are you doing? Hi. Good. How are you? So this, I don't know what you said, but the Shmita year is every seven years. Um, just like we would rest on Saturday for the Sabbath, then the year off the land also needs to rest on the seventh year for a Sabbath. So you can't plant any foods to, that will grow and harvest on the seventh year, and you can't eat anything from the land. So, for example, I have a grapevine on my fence, and this is the last year that I can harvest it because next year I have to let it rest. And it gives it time to rejuvenate, and the whole point was – you're not doing work on the land and the land also isn't working to be produced. So if you, technically you can actually eat meat at a restaurant next year because that animal ate off the land of this year. 
Yeah, the year but before. The following year, which would be the first year in the Shemitah, you can't eat meat in a restaurant because it would be eating off the produce and the land from the Shemitah year, which is next year. It can get a little confusing. So what we like to do is for all of our fresh fruits and vegetables or whatever fruits and vegetables we would want to eat, you have to eat it frozen, canned, or pre um, like flash frozen. I don't know. If, I don't know if you can get that outside of Utah. You can get a bunch of food that's pre-stored or pre-hydrate um, or dehydrated, and you just store that up for the Shemitah year, and that would be your fruits and vegetables throughout the year. You can also eat hydroponic fruits and vegetables that are grown in water because they're not grown in the land. So you're not breaking the Shemitah law by eating anything from the land. And so what we do is we get a cow um, and we store it. Yeah, basically, or and grains, you can eat grains from, because grains aren't harvested the year that you eat them. Um, so like you can still buy beans and rice and wheat, bread and things, because it's not used from that year. But the following year, you cannot. The following year, you'd have to have your own storage of grains, beans, things like that. Um, and, canning and foods, there's like a code that you can look up to look at canned foods to see what year they're um, harvested. I don't know that website. I could probably find it and share it with Chameleon Church, but it's not, you'd have to like, it's a series of numbers to know when those canned foods were harvested. Right. Marie, uh, and also you can, and then, then you have perennials, right? Yes, you have perennials that grow back every year, like oh. my grapes, but we would still let them rest. Rest, let them rest, right. Marie's asking a question we get asked a lot, and that's, are you practicing for the Shemitah for it only applies to the Lord, to the land of Israel? We don't believe that, that we don't believe that it only applies to the land of Israel. If you take every scripture in the Torah that's tagged regarding the land, then uh, sexual immorality and fornication and adultery also falls into that category. Uh, it talks about when you, go, when you get into the land, and then it talks about fornication and adultery. So you can't use that, you can't, I call it an excuse, I think it's an excuse. You can't use that excuse that, well, that's only for the land. Because a lot of Jews will actually say that. Well, that's only for the land. Well, no, because there's a whole bunch of other rules that are, you know, like I said, adultery or fornication that are, that are linked with the land. Um, so, yeah, no, we, we, we practice observing the Torah whether or not we're in Israel or not. Uh, Israel was mandated. See, you got to remember, the reason why Israel went to Babylonian captivity was because they didn't obey the Shemitah year. That's why they were sent to Babylon. And that's why they were sent to Babylon as long as they were in Babylon. Because they had skipped, I think, 50 years worth of Shemitah years. And then, so that's why they were like seven sevens. And that's why they were, and when Daniel realized that, he knew, oh, then we're going to be released when they were released. They were still expected to obey in Babylon the Torah. So, yeah, we can't use the excuse about not being in the land in regards to keeping God's commandments because then that means we could be lawless because we're not in Israel, and we know, that's, we know that's not the case. 
anyway, I wanted to address that because that comes up a lot. So Dina, does that help or does that confuse? It is, it is a, uh, but see, that's the thing about Torah. It's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be stuff that you're supposed to work out. No, it only applies to God's people. Well, then, Texas Red, you're probably not one of God's people. That's not true, Texas Red. That's absolutely incorrect. But since I am one of God's people, and so is Lenny, and so is Dina, we're going to keep God's commandments. Anyway, like we were saying, um, does that help? Uh, does that help, um, Dina? I will say one more thing before I get off. It, it feels laborious and it feels like a burden. But if you're walking in the way of the Lord and according to scripture and you know that his burden is light, it's not that big of a deal. Nope. Just like for us, eating kosher isn't that big of a deal or eating biblically isn't that big of a deal. Yeah. What small sacrifice I have to make to serve the Lord who sacrificed everything for me. Yeah. So it sounds laborious and it sounds like what a drag. Okay. You're going to convince yourself. You don't have to do it because you're going to convince yourself. It's only for Israel. But when you look at it, like it's such a small sacrifice, it's not a big deal to spend some time canning or harvesting your fruits and vegetables. Now preparing yourself for the new year. It's not a big deal to buy a cow ahead of time and keep it in the freezer. It's just not. And and if you convince yourself that it is and you talk yourself out of it, you're you're convincing yourself and talking yourself out of following the the Lord's teaching anyways. Yeah. So don't don't be especially if it's your first year, don't stress, don't panic, don't feel like don't give up though either know that it's a learning process there's a yeah. learning curve and every year you'll get better i mean it was hard for us the first i think it, we've only done it once or twice yeah <laughs> but it's hard and you just prepare just yeah. prepare yourself okay see so, yeah did i just did i see little ariel pop his little head ah, <laughs> give my love to the kids thank you um texas red i did not know you were joking uh what else um yeah so that's my daughter Safrain. we uh we've we've i always when it comes to that kind of stuff i, I, let, I let my wife and her deal with it it's just a lot easier for me if that happens uh the third year of a seven-year cycle go figure yeah we're see here's the thing we the we under we can track the shemitah year we know this because i think it's something about herod um, so we we can track the seventh year Shemitah. We can do that. What we've what we have lost, and that's what I th I think is really actually I think it's interesting. Uh, Israel has done an amazing job of keeping the calendar and knowing when things happen. Like you know, awesome job. But we have we do not know when the actual jubilee is. We don't know. So I don't know if this is the seventh year of the seventh cycle, making it a jubilee year. We don't know that. Christians love to use that term. It's the jubilee. It's like, you don't even keep Torah. How the hell do you know it's the jubilee? You know, it's like, that's, you know, you're going to, you're, you're looking at Good Friday as, a as the death of Jesus and Sunday morning as his resurrection. You can't even do that right. But somehow you know it's the jubilee year. I, I cry BS. I don't think that's true at all. 
So we don't actually know when the Jubilee year is. We don't. And speaking of calendars, um, we do have a, a calendar, a great resource that you should all have. You can get it at planetbluemedia.com. And if you're a flat earther, don't be afraid to go to planetbluemedia.com. It won't bite you. It could actually help you. Can you believe that? There's, there's people out there that are flat earth that don't like the, the name of our company, Planet Blue Media, because it says planet. It's like, I'm sorry, I can't help you. I can't help you at that point. I just can't. You probably won't like the resources either. That's between you and, uh, I don't know. Oh, my gosh. Uh, 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 so. See, Zafrain's really said it at the end really good, too. It's, we're learning. Yeah. It's a learning curve right now Yeah, for many. So. I even say that in the Facebook. We probably, you know, we, we're probably doing it all wrong, but there will become a time where we will actually know when, when, how we're supposed to actually be doing, you know, people say, well, if you could go back into biblical history, what, when would you like to go back? And everyone's like, well, oh, Jesus, I'd like to be in, walk with Jesus. No, I want to, I want to be around. Give me five years after the Gentiles come into the church. So that's roughly about 30 years after Messiah died. Why, Alan? Why would you want to go there? Because then I could see what's really going on. How was the church supposed to actually be functioning regarding Gentiles coming in when it comes to Torah, when it comes to the spiritual gifts? 30 years into it, we're talking about five years after Acts 10. Um, would be a great, uh, to me, I'd like to see that because it would be, we would see just how much of this Torah stuff applies to Gentiles. I'm pretty sure we have it right. But um, yeah, you know what I mean? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? Paul was pulling out his hair trying to teach him both. I know, right? Oh he my literally gosh. was. Yeah. And that's after leaving and disappearing for 15 years. And the Holy Spirit was just taking all this stuff out of him and putting other stuff inside of him. Man, what a trip. Yeah. So, Lenny, thanks to Safrain, we got through. Yeah. <laughs> She bailed us out. She bailed us out. That's awesome. And uh, hey, we'll see you guys later. Don't forget, we got a uh, today after uh, we won't be doing the two minute warning the rest of this week. Uh, I, I'll, I will do something this morning. What I don't know. And uh, we'll see you later. You're listening to Chameleon Church, biblical antidotes for the modern man. With your host, Ellen Aguirre. The views and opinions expressed during our broadcasts are solely those of the broadcast producers, hosts, and or guests, etc., and are not necessarily the views or opinions of the Travelog Network, its sponsors, or affiliates.